Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners. Welcome to Passion Harvest. We aim to inspire you to live a passionate life. My guest today is Taria Ward, (laughs) who is a doctor of depth psychology specializing in dream analysis this is going to be exciting as well as helping individuals to understand the issues and dilemmas of their inner and outer lives through a depth psychological perspective taria has been a student and a teacher of carl jung's work as well as indigenous ways of knowing for nearly 30 years Taria established Bridging Worlds, a mountain retreat center. She also teaches online courses, leads retreats and vision quests and conducts monthly free global dream symposiums. This is her story and this is her passion and I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome Taria to Passion Harvest. Well, thank you for inviting me, Louisa. Louisa. It's just so lovely to meet you and to um, meet your guests, even um, even though I don't get to see you, I can feel you. Yes, <laughs> um, this is a this is a subject that absolutely fascinates me, um, and I guess it's out of body body experience. There's so many words for it, but dreams. Why do we dream? Is the big question. Well, um, it is a big question. And the the thing that I love about dreams is that everybody dreams. Animals dream. Uh, Everybody on every continent dreams. It's it's something that we all have so in common. And I think basically everyone is fascinated by their dreams. Um, And generally people intuit, even though science, sort of modern modernity science tries to uh, try to tries to say it's just the brain working a few kinks out, you know, at night. Um, that there's no real meaning to the dream. I think basically everyone intuits there's power and meaning and purpose to our dream life. And for millennia and ancient times, um, everyone has known about dreams. All of our myths and scriptures. Most of the activity in all the scriptures are guided by the prophets and the seers and the uh, just the people in the in the stories having dreams that moved their lives in significant ways, and if we pay attention to our dreams, those dreams are waiting there to guide us in such significant ways. I've lived by my dreams since I was 24, and I'm 68 now, so I won't even try to do the math on that. But that's still young. <laughs> yes. yes, right. So I've lived by my dreams my whole life, and they inform me on a uh, daily, weekly basis about what I need to know about what's going on in my life. What, you know, what are the undercurrents? What are the things that are trying to work themselves out? You know, what are the things that I should maybe try to correct or focus on a little differently? Um, the dream, the source of dreams is mysterious. It seems to be that dreams come from some unknown, uh, other, some, something people would call the great mind or God or angels, ancestors, our our own higher self. Um, 
I, I actually love that you're from Australia because I feel like I learned from the Australian Aborigines, their concept of the dream time is when I learned about that, that's when it all came open to me. It's like, yes, this is a dimension of reality that we all inhabit. And I remember hearing that the Aborigines said that uh, they feel that the Western person has gone insane because we only dream at night, whereas they can go in and out of the dream time while awake and at all times, at, you know, it, uh, whenever they want to. They can go in and out of this dimension of our reality and of our own nature and, and being. And the fact that Western people have marginalized the dreaming and the experience of the dream time to just sleeping at night has, um, we, we have lost a lot of connection to the, the truth and the wisdom of our nature and of the nature of the world and the cosmos. So there's not a short answer for you. <laughs> no, that's a beautiful way to, <laughs> that's a beautiful way to express it. So the dream, when we dream, it's not our, obviously you said that, but I just want to clarify, it's not our subconscious mind giving us messages or it is and, and, and potentially other um, sources of information from other sources when we're dreaming. No, that's a really lovely question. There's so many layers and levels to the dreams. Mm -hmm. So it is the, the unconscious, the subconscious and the unconscious that is, is giving us information, meaning maybe repressed material, things that we've forgotten that we um, would do well to remember. Um, uh, so it, it can be from that deep unconscious source. It can be from the, the higher unconscious, that, that self that is in touch with the whole cosmic reality. Um, uh, it can be coming from maybe uh, an ancestor or uh, you know a source that one would consider another being that is also communicating or instructing us um, in the night. It's so funny. Yesterday, you talked about do animals dreaming. My dog. I was sitting on the balcony yesterday, and the dog was sleeping. But I could, I knew it was dreaming because it was almost barking or whimpering in its dream. <laughs> and I thought, do I wake, do I wake her up or not? <laughs> well, my dog used to run in his sleep. You know, I yes. going like this, and <laughs> just you know, I was having some really phenomenal dreams. I could always see him dreaming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this happens to me sometimes. I'm just speaking because obviously I can only speak from personal experience. I am working on it, but I don't remember or I, I don't feel that I dream all the time. Obviously, you're saying we dream every night and all the time. Uh, yes. I mean, scientists who test the brain waves will say that, yes, we, have, we dream in cycles every night. Um, uh, probably most of the dreams that we have we don't re remember mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of dreaming going on I, mean, I think most people are somewhat aware when they wake up there's a lot of dreaming going on and occasionally we just get a snippet of it you know usually when we have a dream we're kind of aware that it's just a piece of maybe a longer narrative that was happening um, you know Re learning to remember dreams is can be like a muscle that you create sort of an mm -hmm. artery that you're opening between your dreaming mind and your waking mind so if you put a pad and pen next to your bed make an intention when you're going to sleep tell your dreaming mind you want to remember and then write down when you wake up or sometimes i do it just even in the dark when i roll over just a few uh, images from the dream that will help me pull it back in the morning 
But if, if you continue to do that, no matter what little thing you get, it starts to, it can start to sort of open that artery. So you, uh, your dreaming mind will start to um, be more accessible to you. Um, in any case, for people who don't dream, um, life is a dream. Usually you wake up and the, your morning thoughts come, are coming right out of your dreams. If you kind of stay with those. That's interesting. Um, yeah, and and life is a dream. We're always dreaming. You know, whatever happens in our life, we can interpret in that sort of symbolic way. It's, uh, uh, you know, the synchronicities that happen in life, certainly, I think, come from that same dimension as the, as the dream time, the dream awareness. Um, when things sort of magically come together um, in a synchronistic way. Um, so even if people don't remember their dreams, getting in touch with dreaming and the dream time is still very possible. But remembering your dreams is something that I encourage everyone to begin to work with in a, as conscious a way as possible. That's great. And I guess, I guess the question is, what is dream and what is reality? That's, that's a whole nother episode probably. <laughs> but what would be your tips for someone? Obviously you mentioned set an intention, but how can we remember our dreams more or learn to, dream more or remember them? Well, um, just to go back to what is dream and what is reality. Yes, uh, sorry. <laughs> that I, was two uh, questions. There is a, I'm trying to think of Montaigne is a, I think he was a French philosopher who said, we waking sleep and sleeping wake. Right. So it's almost like we're walking around in our sort of sleep world when we're awake. And when we go to sleep at night, that's when we're really awake. So there, you know, that is a whole nother episode. But so it's, just, it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, when we think about it, yeah. Sometimes we, it is until we go to sleep at night, we know what's really going on. Mm. Uh, yeah. The unseen. Yeah. 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 It's what we, what we know, but we can't find quite the images and words for yet. Mm. Or, us in the dreaming but um to to really try to develop a relationship um with your dreaming um i would say start as i said put a pad and paper next to your bed start writing down absolutely anything that you can think of even if it's only a mood even if it's just a few colors or images or 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 the like i said the waking thought uh is often coming right out of the dream um, and sometimes even just writing that down will help us pull back what was happening in the dream. So I would say just make an intentional effort to begin to record. Um, and then also to record, sometimes when we're walking or driving, there are those thoughts that flash across the mind, those like flashes of insight. Um, those are, are, are coming most often from the same dimension or the same realm of our being. So if we write those down, you know, I just keep a little pad and paper next to me in my car so I can write those down as they come because those are like the dreaming mind offering me an insight. And sometimes if I don't write it down, I think I'll just write that down when I get in the house. It's gone, just like a dream is gone. It's like it was, it was that sort of big and that sort of fragile. So um, those are the ways, you know, just start writing it down, paying attention mm -hmm. and regarding with some respect even if you don't understand it. Um, it, just knowing it's speaking in a language of symbols and the language has to be learned and it can seem very foreign at first, but once you start learning it, it, it becomes much more clear. 
That's going to segue me into dreaming analysis, but it reminds me about a month ago, I think I woke up in the middle of the night and went to the toilet and there was, I had to write, there was a word. It was, it was not an English, a word in the English language. I don't even know what it was, but I had to write it down. And I kept, I thought, you know what? I'm too tired. I don't want to turn the light on. I'm not going to write it down, but I'm going to remember it. It was some strange word. It, I think it had five letters and I had to write it down. I thought, I'm going to remember it in the morning. I'm going to, and I don't remember it. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. kicking myself. I know it was so important. Oh, oh, oh. oh that's a shame. You know, it's a, they, <laughs> you know, they do say it'll come back, but I don't find that that's always the case. Sometimes oh, it's, no. it's gone, you know, and so we just, set our intention to to be a little more write it down (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i know i've I've got to i've just got to let it go (laughs) yeah you do yeah um but that takes me into dream analysis so obviously you're the dream expert how do you analyze dreams for people or for yourself well um I, my doctorate's in depth psychology, so I did learn a lot of Jungian methods for that, but right. those aren't the only methods that I have known or used. I, I was working with my own dreams for 20 years before I ever even heard of Carl Jung. So I'll mention, you know, some Jungian techniques and sure. some from other, but, um, f- mostly in the Jungian work, um, they start with considering every um person or event or aspect of the dream as a part of ourself so if you dream of say uh an Mm ex-boyfriend um generally you're dreaming about some aspect of yourself that maybe maybe it was a self-image that you learned during that time of that relationship or maybe it's um something that you some kind of impression you developed about how life is during you know whatever period of life you were actually with that person so often it's it's not about the person it's about the aspect of ourselves that that person is mirroring back to us or reflecting about us um because everything is a mirror yes yes (laughs) and it's thinking of all the different aspects of the self so dream of your mother and it's how you've internalized just the archetype of mother mm-hmm. not necessarily your own personal mother although you know generally if you dream about your personal mother there is some information there about that connection or relationship that is wanting to be clarified you know by your dreaming mind um so you look and you know weather in a dream can can be showing you your moods or your deeper something about your deeper psyche at the time um Freud would say that the dream is referencing something that happens within the 24 to 48 hours before or even after the dream, that it's something very current that's being uh, shown to you and it comes for purpose, for a reason. It's something you need to know, something you're not aware of that you need to know now. Uh, And so often if it's bringing up, you know, like, why am I dreaming about my childhood home? Well, look at what happened in in the 24, 48 hours before that to see what has been triggered, some kind of um, memory or self-concept or something that was developed while you were in that childhood home that has been sort of activated or um, is, that the dream is referencing about something in your current life. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily historic, it's current. Mm-hmm. And, and the dream is giving you a clue as, as to where you developed that um, impression 
in your life that you're working with right now, it can give a lot of insight into what's actually going on. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would say, think of anything that shows up in your dream in order to work with your own dream and sort of your own personal analysis, any aspect of the dream, see why you think it's coming to you now, what it means to you now. And uh, if you're willing to work on it, really work on it, which I recommend, t take some time to write down the impressions, the images, and kind of see what comes. And the more sort of effort or consciousness that we bring to it, the more we get the sort of medicine or the information or the insight out of it. Um, I love the word medicine. That's great. And people talk about symbols in dreams. So um, spiders or certain animals, they have reference to or snakes reference to certain symbols is what what do you think about that well as i said there's so many um layers to it you know so yes. it can be a personal reference but you know a spider can be a mythological reference you know in some cultures grandmother spider is the one who created the whole world it's it's that image of you know out of the belly of the spider she weaves the web of life and so um it could be mythologically working with some of these deep images that are in the collective psyche or the collective unconscious. That was one of Jung's contribution is to know that we're connected. We're kind of plugged in to the collective unconscious and, and mythic images, even scriptural references of our scripture. We haven't even read yet can be coming to us in our dreams because they're in the collective unconscious. And we are in that dimension where we can be picking up just like a radio wave. Um, some of the information that's in the collective unconscious. So, Often, you know, a snake is, was one of the early um, symbols of the Great Mother. If you look at the, the ancient feminine, she's holding a snake in each hand. Mm. And it's because um, there's something about the, the snake whose body is always on the earth. She's really an, a, an earth creature, um, very psychic and intuitive. Um, so, um, but if you have had experiences of fear of snakes, it could be reminding you of a certain fear. So you kind of have to look at it at any of the different levels and what it might be meaning to you personally. I guess, yes, it, it could be meaning anything. It's such a personal thing. And again, if one dreams, you would relate it generally to what happened in the last 48 hours? Well, something about that is coming up. So mm. something about your connection maybe to it, if, for example, it's a fear, something is triggering that fear. It may be something that's happening in the workplace or something you read in the news or some maybe argument you had with someone or um, something like that that uh, is triggering whatever that image is giving you a little more information about. Now, that's Freud's theory. I, I think it's, it's a good place to start, a good mm -hmm. place to look. I don't necessarily think that anything is across the board always true. So, you know, it could be coming from a whole other dimension that of our being that is sort of beyond time and space. So, um, yeah, fascinating. And I do get what you mean by dimension, but would you mind just explaining what you mean by other dimensions when we're dreaming? Well, that's really a good question. Uh, to me, in my sense of how things are, um, this material world, the physical world that we can see is, is just one dimension of reality. There's the energetic dimension, there's invisible dimensions. If one believes in ancestors or angels or um, 
spirits of any kind, those live in a different dimension than the one that we can actually see and smell and touch. Um, um, and uh, Buckminster Fuller, who's a great philosopher and scientist, said that 99.9% .9 of anything that's affecting us at any given moment can't be seen or smelled or touched. You know, that 99. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> we, there's so much in the invisible realm. And these are the dreams are real clues to what's affecting us that's in the invisible realm. And it's our way of picking up the information. It's available to us. And if we focus on just what can be seen and touched and smelled with our five senses, um, we're missing out on 99.9% .9 of reality, according to that theory, you know? So uh, if we stay just with that, we, we've got a pretty limited idea of what's true, what's so. So, um, I, yeah. I love that quote. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what, what it sounds like to me, it's almost so when we sleep, our physical body is resting, but it, our sort of egoic mind moves to the side and we're allowed to open up to these realms of possibilities with our subconscious. Yes. I mean, one of my early dream teachers, my earliest dream teacher, um, who was, like I said, years before I ever learned about Jung. So I don't know if Jung would have said what I'm about to say, but she said that we actually leave our bodies and inhabit these other dimensions, these invisible dimensions, and that we're connected to our bodies through what is called a silver cord. Mm -hmm. You can find those references even in a lot of the mythologies and in the, uh, the Christian Bible and that sort of thing. That we're connected to our bodies through a silver cord, but that we can leave our bodies when we sleep. And that's when, I mean, I've had my sister in India see me just walk in a room and, um, you know, if, if that is actually true, I would say probably I was sleeping and she saw my subtle body that had left my physical body behind. Um, and there I am. I'm someplace else. That, that to me would be termed as astral projection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right. I don't know. Is that, is that correct? Is that I don't know that much about astral projection. I've never yeah. studied it. I know the reference to mm -hmm. it, and I would say that's probably true. What I'm talking about is what they would call that. Um, and people can do that while they're awake, but I think that we also just, we, while we're asleep, we're, we're having experiences mm -hmm. in these other dimensions that sometimes we remember when we get back into our waking body, and sometimes we don't. Um. And then I guess the other terminology, which is used very often, is lucid dreaming. <laughs> yes. Which, from what I understand, is you're, you're able to be, to an extent, conscious in the dream or direct the dream. Is that mm -hmm. correct? And do you yeah. practice that as well? No, I don't. <laughs> I know of those who have, and I have respect for those who have. But, um, one thing that has called me away from it is I like to let to let the dream just be itself. Mm. I don't particularly want to get in there and start, you know, messing with things or moving things around in the dream. But I know that there are reasons that people do that. You know, like if there's a fear that's coming to somebody in the night, right. they want to be able to wake up in the dream and address whatever it is and change that dream for uh, or interact with the uh, energies or symbols or whatever it is in that dream life. Um, and I, I know there's purpose to it. It's not a study of mine. It's something I 
originally had a little suspicion for about because I feel like we want to control everything and now we want to get in there and control the dreams too. And stuff. Yes. <laughs> but I, I have heard lectures and read a book on it that, that let me know that there is real purpose to it. So I don't want to um, say anything other than I respect it and don't know um, an, a lot about it. I know sometimes I do, I am aware in the dream that I am dreaming and I kind of talk to my waking mind in the dream. I'm saying, do you see this? I'm dreaming now, but you know, so it does happen spontaneously sometimes without, you know, just without trying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you dream every night? No, I don't, but I would say, well, probably- sorry, you, I, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but you would dream, but you don't remember. Uh, that's let yeah, me rephrase right. that question. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> do I remember my dreams every night? No, I guess probably you're right. I, we do dream every night. I think that's understood, but, um, but probably two or three times a week, I wake up with a dream that I write down and I would say it enriches my understanding of life and the world and myself consistently there's almost never anything that feels pointless about this dream it you know sometimes it's something that um that i just don't have time or attention to work with as much as i wish i could yeah but sometimes it really affects how i see myself in my day very much so can i ask is there a most vivid dream that really was profoundly changed your life or had some impact on your life Oh, gosh, there are a lot of them, but I'll just tell you the one that comes to mind. Um, I was living in Los Angeles. I'd been there for 30 years. And I um, came to a conference out here in Western North Carolina, where I live now, and, uh, and started to consider my youngest daughter was going off to college and my uh, marriage had ended. And so it was a time, and I was finishing my doctorate. And so it was a time when I really could change up my life. Mm -hmm. Whereas before that, you know, with kids and marriage and all that, I couldn't have. Um, So I was considering moving out here and starting a retreat center out here in the mountains. And I wasn't sure. I was very drawn to these beautiful mountains. These are the oldest mountains in the world. And I wasn't sure if I, if that was a good idea for me or not. So I was considering that. I had this dream where I was driving down the freeway that I always drove to work for years and years uh, in Los Angeles. Um, I was driving the freeway and these crows came and surrounded my truck. I was driving a truck, which I don't normally do. Um, And they, they redirected my, my truck over to the foot of these mountains and stopped. uh, I stopped at the foot of the mountains and I got out and the crows had become guides in my dreams in a beautiful way. Um, so I knew they were guiding me. And I looked up and I could see inside this mountain. And the mountain happened to be shaped like an eagle. And I'd been having eagle dreams too. So all the symbols were quite, you know, um, sort of intimate to me. I saw inside the mountain some people that had these beautiful sconces on the wall and these tapestries on the wall. And I heard the words that they were, um, they, oh, and, I, and they had mirrors that were set up so that they were mirroring the interior of the mountain out into the world. And I heard the words that this is a, this is a calling, like a monk or a nun or a, you know, any sort of great sacred calling. This is a calling to, to go to where you can reflect out into the world the interior of the mountains. 
that dream gave me all the courage I needed to move from Los Angeles to the mountains of North Carolina all by myself. What a, what a beautiful with- message. Yeah. I mean, the dream was hard to, hard to ignore. It was like, okay, I'll, I'm going to accept the calling. I get it. There's something about that. And it still, it still sort of informs me every day. It's like, that was a uh, sort of an original dream that I feel like I'm still doing that work of reflecting the interior of the earth mm. mountains out into the world. Yeah. I'm sure myself or anyone that's listening has certain, you know, profound dreams in their life that are hyper real, um, that mean something to them. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just thinking of one of mine and I, you know, I, I think also the, the hyper real ones, you understand they're so clear. So for example, I think I was, you know, moving away from my husband and, you know, had a lot of changes in my life. And I remember being at the bottom of a hill and I looked up and there was a snake coming towards me and I started to run, you know, obviously I was scared, but I started to run away from the snake and it got faster and the snake's fast. (laughs) I kept running and I realized the only thing I could do is turn around and face the snake Mm -hmm. and it stopped and slithered away eventually. I mean, I was nearly dying by this stage, but until I turned around and faced the fear, Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what I needed. I needed to know that, you know, obviously I was going through, through a very fearful experience, but I really had to um, turn around and face it head on to move forward. I couldn't keep running. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those hyper real, very profound dreams. And it was like an aha moment that I still remember. And that was many years ago. Well, not that long ago, but... <laughs> I mean, that's really ancient universal wisdom, isn't it? To just stop running away from the fear and turn around and face it and everything changes then. Yeah. And even though it was still coming towards me, it stopped. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. that, that was a good one for me. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. That's beautiful dream. Yeah. And I know as before we started the show, you, were, you mentioned um, that some people had met you in their dreams or you had met other people who you hadn't met in our waking state. Right. Does that happen yeah. often? It, it, you know, I think it happens more often than we know. I've had it times when I know it, when we realize it, that we had a dream about each other um, and that we had met in a dream. And that's why we have recognized each other in our waking life. But you know, those times when you meet somebody, it's like, how do I know you? I mean, you and I were even saying that you said when, uh, yes. when we got on, it's like, I, I think I know you, how do we know each other? Um, and potentially we've had these dreams, who knows? But um, sometimes I think that is a way to explain how you meet somebody and you have known them before and possibly, um, you know, there are lots of ways to describe or explain that, um, but one of them, could be because you have been in the same, you um, had experiences together in the dream time. And then you see, and it's like, oh, I know you. Sometimes, you know, that happens probably more often than we are willing to just really yeah. admit. That, that's so true. I saw your photo and I thought, I, I really, I mean, obviously not that I know if we've met, but um, uh-huh. I just thought, I really know you. And maybe, uh-huh. maybe it's been in a dream somewhere or, you know, you can meet people at a party or at an event and you're naturally drawn to them. You feel comfortable with them. So that's probably potentially we've met them in the dream state or in other lives. I mean, that's, that's a, another episode as well, but um, maybe right. in the dream state, I guess, you know, when we feel really comfortable with someone who we haven't met before. 
well, while we're while in our waking state. Yeah. Yeah. And I had mentioned to you, there's somebody in Australia who um, we had a, we had a phone conversation. I was doing some yes. dream work with this person and we've uh, exchanged some emails and started to realize we knew each other in this strange sort of very familiar way. And then he told me of a dream that he had, he described coming to my house out on the mountain, described the woman who was standing on the, in, on the porch, described the view and the woman that was standing on the porch fit the description of my daughter. Wow. And, um, you know, there were things he knew about my porch and the setup and the view that he couldn't have known. I mean, there was, I had no pictures, you know, that he'd seen. Um, so he'd been there and he just recognized, oh yeah, that's your house. How Isn't amazing. that interesting? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's telling us something. It is. I mean, it goes back to the 99.9% .9 of everything that happens outside <laughs> yeah, of this I body. Will send that, uh, that quote to you, Louisa. Because oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Um, so I just wanted to briefly touch on your spiritual mentorship, which sounds fascinating. What, what does that entail? Well, a lot of times it's people who are coming to me because they feel like they're on a special spiritual sort of um, quest mm -hmm. or journey and um, which is somewhat distinguishable from coming to me for uh, any kind of psychological counseling or, or an uh, analysis in that sort of sense. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes people come because I have had a long life of uh, working with, I was 20 years a minister in an interfaith organization where I studied the religions of the world and all the scriptures of the world. And that's um, amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was the early <laughs> part of my wow. um, career in life. I was uh, a minister and uh, very, very interested in learning about all the religions of the world. Mm -hmm. And then went into, dr because dreams stood out to me so much in midlife, I sort of changed my career and I went and got a PhD in depth psychology and studied dream analysis. And then I worked with indigenous elders and shamans from all over the world um, in a variety of different places and circumstances mm -hmm. to learn the indigenous ways of knowing. So I have a lot of experience to sort of help people who are on different uh, spiritual paths who don't have a lot of support in their life for what they're doing. They're intuiting it or reading about it or have met something that someone or something that's uh, sort of set them on this path and they need just to, to be able to talk about it, a little guidance and support. And so I work with people on uh, Skype or Zoom mm -hmm. or in person if they happen to be in the uh, Asheville area. So I work with a lot of people um, just helping support them on their quest, listening to their dreams, because their dreams are always telling them what their soul spirit needs to know, as well as, you know, what are the practical events in our lives that need to be discovered through the dream as well. So. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, that, that, that's great, but I'm also thinking it's such a global world now with Skype and Zoom and, you know, you, we can, I can be in Australia and you can be <laughs> in America and we're having this wonderful conversation. Yeah, and developing real friendships, you know. Yeah. Right? It's, it's really uh, wonderful that we have this now. Um, um, Buckminster Fuller, who was, he was a mentor of mine too. He said back, way back before internet was ever developed, he said, he prophesied that there'll be ways that we would know each other all over the planet and we'll be able to discuss things and be right 
in the moment in touch with each other all over the planet. He saw it coming. He was like, he was a scientist, but a prophet in that way. And who would have imagined? And now I'm seeing it. And I said, Bucky knew. He, he didn't know yet how it was going to show up, but, but here we are. Yeah. Um, and I just want to briefly touch on, you mentioned um, Oracle cards. I was looking, having a little look on your website. What, what, <laughs> how does that um, affect your life or how does that enrich your life? And why do you use them? Um, I was guided in a dream, Louisa. I didn't, I would have never really thought of it. I never knew anything about them. I never had any prejudice against them. I just never knew anything about them. And I had a dream. Of course you did. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's how I trust it. Yeah. There was a woman in the dream who gave me this big, heavy gold coin, and I knew it to be extremely valuable. And in the dream, her name was Angelus Arian. And I never heard of such a person, so I didn't know that that was a real person, but I wrote it in my dream journal. Well, within the week, I found on a bookshelf, you know, it was meant to be one of those synchronicities, a book by a woman named Angelus Arian. Wow. And the name of the book was the Tarot Handbook. So, of course, because of the dream and the value of the gold piece and her name being exactly even as I had spelled it in my dream journal, I bought it. And so that book, she was Jungian too, that helped because mm. I was working on my doctorate at the time. So kind of helped that she was speaking a language that I understood. Yeah. Um, uh, she's an anthropologist. So, um, um, so I started studying the dream and I started pulling cards every morning and they gave me so much insight into the sort of movement, the psychic and spiritual movement of my day in a way that nothing else could. It's like a dream. It's, it's, it's coming from the same dimension of information where working with the Oracle can give you that guidance. And uh, as it turned out, I had learned, you know, how to work with the tarot before my marriage sort of tragically came undone. And I, with it, you know, kind of came undone. And it was working with those cards every day that really helped me know how to put one foot in front of another, how to think about this, how to respond to that. They were so practical and useful. And uh, they made me realize somebody knows what's going on in my life. I feel completely (laughs) lost and confused. But this is like showing up in this really practical, um, insightful way. So they can be really helpful. Working with um, an oracle deck or their runes. um, They have tea leaves. You know, there's so many ways to get what the voice of the oracle is in every culture has had their ways. Um, it's an ancient art and a, and a sort of a people's folk art, you know, people, the churches eradicated it because they wanted you to tithe to the priests and only have what the priests knew. They didn't want you to have your own connection to the divine mind. Um, so I think that's where they got denigrated. And, um, but people have used them for since the beginning of time and it's quite available way to get information and insight. I love that. Yeah. And I love that it provided you such comfort and clarity. Oh, it did. That's what it's about. Exactly. I mean, it really gave me insight. And it's like, wow, somebody knew this was going to happen today. It was always surprising. It's like, I'm not as alone and lost as I felt. You know, it's like, wow, there's really a lot of support in this sort of invisible realm that has got it. It's got my back. That's great. Um, Yeah. So. So in the essence of time and as we come to a close, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Um, 
No, ask me whatever your last question might I, be. I, well, I always like to ask, since this is a show about passion, <laughs> if someone's looking to follow the, your passion, which you have done and you moved, moved across the country, if someone's looking to follow their passion, what would you recommend? Or what's your advice? Well, you know, there's that oft quoted, I'm sure you're aware of it, Joseph Campbell, follow your bliss. Oh, I love it. <laughs> a lot because there, there are people who don't understand what he meant by that. But I think if you have libido energy for it, that's your deep soul saying, go that direction, move in this way, move toward that. Um, and if you don't, if it's something that just sort of leaves you cold or leaves you dry, um, then generally that's your guidance as well. So I think follow your passion. Um, and sometimes it's just in the littlest steps, you know, it's that thing to just go to this event somehow i just feel energy for it so i go and then maybe i meet someone or learn something that helps me to the next step and to the next steps you know i think it sometimes it's just one sort of breadcrumb in the forest at a time that our passion will lead us you know to pick up and it and it brings us on our journey so you know there's the big image like move to north carolina <laughs> And they're, they're the smaller images that kind of guide us through our day and our week. That, um, and if there's, if there's love and energy for it, then trust it, I would think. That's a great answer. And it's so completely aligned with what I always say, you know, follow the, follow the breadcrumbs. And uh -huh. um, the universe Good. will always support you if you follow your passions. Yes, I, I really believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest and for anyone that's listening or watching, all your details will be in the show notes. Thank you okay. very, very much. You're very it's welcome. It's been a pleasure. It's just a pleasure to meet you and your audience. So thank you for inviting me. And I'm going to have a journal next to my bed and I'm going to take one with my, I'm going to call it my dream journal. So thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I often I say just a little pad and paper so you can scribble on it and then yeah. write it in a nicer journal when you have time to write out the narrative. So it might be a two-step thing, you know, just the scribble pad as well as the nice journal. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.